Hello, and welcome to Jonathan's Verdicts. I'm Jonathan Simeone. The title of this episode is, I Don't Agree with UBI. The verdict for this episode is, UBI is too simplistic to work. As always, I don't have a script and I don't edit these podcast episodes. They are just a chance for me to talk about what's on my mind. As listeners to this podcast know, I haven't recorded an episode in a little while. Truthfully, I have been dealing with the passing of my guide dog, Yuffie, which I have covered in great detail on the blog portion of my website. And I've been dealing with the regular stresses that many of us have been dealing with around the pandemic. That being said, I do want to get back into podcasting, and I really wanted to talk about the principle of UBI today. I have blogged about my disagreements with UBI and my thought that Andrew Yang, who really championed UBI during the presidential campaign, was not a serious candidate. But I thought, given the heightened interest in UBI, that I would give more details about my opposition to it. And by the way, UBI stands for basic universal basic income. The idea is that every person would get a check every month. The plan floated by Yang and largely supported by the people who support UBI now would be that everyone would get a $2,000 check every month. Now here's the catch to my opposition to UBI. I actually think it's a good idea during the pandemic, but it's not at all a long-term solution to the real systemic problems we face of income inequality, the widening wealth gap, and the disproportionate power employers have over workers. So I would actually support UBI for the duration of the pandemic. It's a blunt instrument. It doesn't redistribute wealth because even Jeff Bezos and Bill Gates uh, would get $2,000 a month. It's not equitable for that reason, but it's something that could be passed relatively quickly if there was a will to do so, which of course there isn't because it would benefit the public a lot more than corporations. And it's something that in theory they could roll out relatively quickly, uh, which uh, they you know <laughs> cannot apparently do in many states with unemployment benefits especially now that they did manage to get, I think almost everyone has their $1,200 stimulus check, uh, although sadly there are people who probably don't. But the point is, for the duration of the pandemic, UBI actually makes a lot of sense. But in the long term, it does not make sense. Uh, I've already highlighted one of the real problems, which is that it gives the benefit to everyone, even people who don't need it, and it doesn't do anything 
to redistribute wealth, which is a paramount thing that has to be done. But here, here are some other things that I want to, to talk about. Uh, the idea behind UBI of just giving everyone $2,000 a month has a lot of inequity in it. Uh, for example, if you get $2,000 a month, that is a much bigger deal if you live in rural Arkansas than if you live in New York City, San Francisco, Los Angeles, even Portland, Oregon, where I live. You are not going to find a place to live on $2,000 a month uh, and have a reasonable chance of paying your other necessities. So here's the thing. Uh, proponents of the UBI will say, well, it's meant to be uh, a stipend, an assist, Okay, but then my view is the simpler approach would be to create a living wage, not a minimum wage, and to tie the living wage to, say, the consumer price index so that it keeps pace with inflation. So, for example, if we set the minimum wage at $20 a month, not 15 uh, 15 was so 2012, maybe 2007, uh, but it's not a living wage for a lot of people in this country now. So if we set the, the living wage at $20 an hour and we tied that to the consumer price index so that um, every year it kept pace with inflation, so you wouldn't have a situation where 10 years from now the living wage was still set at $20 and the purchasing power of the $20 was significantly less. That would be a real systemic change that would provide a lot more benefit than, say, the UBI would. The other uh, benefit of a uh, putting in the UBI or the uh tw the $20 living wage and tying it to the consumer price index is it would have a different effect in areas where poverty rural areas where poverty has been sadly an issue for well I guess the beginning of since the beginning of the country uh, because if we do what some people have done, they do it here in Oregon, they have different minimum wage scales for different uh, areas of the state, you create a system where certain people always have less money. Uh, and that creates certain where certain areas are destined to be poorer always, where the people are destined to make less money. And the $20 living wage is, is, I believe, such a good idea that it would make sense for the federal government, if necessary, and it probably would be, to agree to help rural areas, rural businesses and the like, offset the cost just to boost the standard of living throughout the country to a relatively similar uh, threshold over time. So that in my view, would have a much a much greater impact uh, than giving people $2,000 a month. The other issue, another issue with the, the UBI as it's commonly discussed is the whole idea of uh, 
what do we do about people who uh, get benefits? So right now, you have a whole system of Social Security benefits, Social Security disability insurance, Social Security supplemental income, uh, and many of these folks live at or near the horribly artificially low federal poverty level. It's a disgrace. So one thing we need to do is change the federal poverty level so that it's no longer calculated on the cost of a diet from the early 60s, like the current federal poverty level is, but so that it includes costs like housing and health care, so that it's a much more accurate reflection of the state of poverty in America. This is why the stories, incidentally, about the CARES Act pulling people out of poverty are grossly misleading. The $600 extra in unemployment benefits almost certainly has helped a lot of people and was a very good idea. Uh, but the federal poverty level is so artificially low that it's just not accurately recording what's happening in the country. So we have to fix the systemic issue of how we calculate poverty. Uh, but along those lines... We have to figure out what do we do with these entitlement programs. Certainly, people on those programs would benefit if they got an additional $2,000 a month. But they would benefit in a far greater capacity if their benefit was tied to the $20 minimum wage or living wage that I discussed earlier. Uh, because there are people, and I know some myself, who are on benefits now, uh, who are receiving, you know, s roughly $783 a month. That's their Social Security supplemental income benefit. No one can live on that. It's embarrassing. Um, so we need to do something to help the people who most need the help. There are people who worked for 30 years and paid into the Social Security disability insurance who receive, uh, you know, f less than $2,000 a month. But here's the thing, giving them $2,000 a month, why it would help, uh, they would be far better off in the long run having a guaranteed benefit that's tied to the living wage uh, that is going to be there and adjust appropriately with the changes in inflation. That's a far better outcome for those people than the current system or even the system they would have under UBI. And you may say, why is that? Well, it's very simple. Uh, $20 an hour, uh, $20 uh, times 40 times 4, if my math is right, is about $3,200. That means that if we went to this system, every person on SSI or SSDI or Social Security retirement would be guaranteed $3,200 a month. There are people getting way, way less than that now. And of course, $3,200 is more than $2,000. Now, let me finish with this. One interesting approach would be to just scrap Social Security 
um, retirement program, disability, supplemental income, scrap the whole thing, scrap the whole system, and give everyone um, a universal living wage. Get rid of all the bureaucracy uh, and guarantee everyone, um, let's say, uh, you could even then maybe go bigger. Guarantee everyone four thousand a month, uh, <clears throat> who isn't otherwise uh, working. Now, some will say, "Well, then people won't work. Then people won't work." And there, that may happen. That may be one of the the side effects. Maybe you couldn't go to a system that abolished that level of bureaucracy. It would be far better for the recipients of the programs. Um, it would save the government money from having to have all the programs staffed and operational. But I think there would be a situation where a lot of people simply would not work. Now, we can discuss benefit programs and their reforms in another episode. It's a fascinating topic. Uh, but just to summarize the whole thing, the universal basic income is not equitable. Um, it doesn't help the people who need the money the most. It doesn't redistribute wealth. It doesn't guarantee that the money will change over time because it's not tied to the consumer price index or anything like that. Um, it's not even pretending to be enough for people to live on. Uh, so it's not really helping the people who have the most uh, concerns around poverty today. It's just too simplistic. The UBI is just too simplistic. We need a living wage, $20 an hour, tied to the consumer price index, and we need to guarantee every recipient of Social Security, retirement, Social Security disability, and Social Security supplemental income the same amount as the $20 living wage. And that those changes right there would do a lot more for the people in need uh, than would the UBI. And let me just finish with this. Uh, I make far less than $100,000. I am not rich. I would love an extra $2,000 a month. I can think of ways that the $2,000 a month would make my life better. But I also know there are a lot of people who need the money a lot more than I do. And if I could forego my $2,000 so that the people currently making $783 a month on Social Security supplemental income or the people who worked for 30 years and are getting 1300 a month on Social Security disability insurance payments because they became too injured or sick to work any longer, uh, if I could forgo my payment so those people could have a guaranteed better income I would totally do that. And I think that's really how we have to look at it. UBI sounds great in the moment while so many people are struggling. But it's not the kind of systems reform 
that's going to accurately, adequately, equitably direct money away from the people who don't need it and to the people who need it the most. Thank you for listening to this episode of Jonathan's Verdicts.